Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. We're going to move this morning into a new series. It's it's called Being Spirit-Led. Now, I know every time that we focus on the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, being Spirit-led, one thing that I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to do, uh, how many of you remember school when you'd have the lecture and then you'd have the lab, right? Uh, to me, the lab always made the clarity, it, it clarified things, right? You're like, I don't know what in the world they're talking about. Then you get in the lab and everything begins to make sense. I would say the heart of God and the heart of the Holy Spirit through this series is not that we just talk about being spirit-led, but we actually learn and practice being spirit-led. And in that following, in that yielding, into that submitting, we will see the Spirit of God do great things. I thank God we didn't get in a hurry and didn't just mull through the, the program this morning and we, and we would have possibly missed what it is that the Spirit of God is doing. So... Um, always understand that our heart as a church and leaders and pastoral staff is to be sensitive to the spirit of God um, and to give him room to do what he wants to do. So this series is called spirit led. So the second greatest gift, I believe that God gave us uh, besides Jesus as the sacrifice for sin and forgiveness and, you know, the savior of the world, the second gift was and, and promise of the Holy spirit that the Holy spirit to the, in the life of the believer man, is the secret sauce of success. It's what changes things. It's what brings our faith to the next level. I get super excited when I talk about the Holy Spirit. I remember uh, growing up and not really hearing a whole lot. I mean, I guess we talked about the Holy Spirit, but there there was a moment I remember in my faith as I was growing where we started talking about the things of the Holy Spirit. And you know, how many of you are book readers? How many of you are movie watchers? Between the two, we got them all covered, right? It's at that point in the movie or in that book when you get to the most exciting part of the picture of what's happening. Uh, I know a lot of times, sometimes books, because I don't read real fast, it takes forever to get to the good stuff. You're like, oh man, come on, get to the good stuff. And then you get to the, have you ever tried reading action scenes? You can't read fast enough, you know, like a movie, you'll handle like, man, like a whole chapter within like a few minutes, but like to read it, you're like reading as fast as you can. And then they jumped over this and they did this and you're trying to read, you can't read it fast enough. But this is the part of the story where the exciting things begin to happen, where the spirit of God, uh, we're we're paying attention to what is his role in the big picture of, of the Christian faith, what being spirit led. Now, The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, and the Bible is very, very clear about one true and one living God. So when we talk about the the Trinity, this is God existing in three distinct but inseparably co-equal and co-eternal persons in the persons of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this little diagram will kind of help you wrap your mind around that because we can't say, oh, the Father is the Son or the Son is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit is the Son. We don't want to get it twisted that way, but we want to understand that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. They're all connected. They are all parts of God. They all work together. They all intertwine with little slightly different functions and purposes. Um, It was Jesus who died on the cross, not the Holy Spirit, not God. It was the Son. But yet, they're all God. 
like the whole Trinity mindset is just like, man, that's just a crazy, cool, interesting concept. But this is the best way that you kind of want an easy way. They are, they all are God. Okay. So he's part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is, is God's gift to every single believer for their benefit. Can you point yourself and say for my benefit? Right? It's not just pastors and teachers and worship people, right? It's for every single believer. When, when God sent us the Holy Spirit, he sent us one of the greatest gifts. So this is a, a gift given by God. So let's look at the role of the Holy Spirit and the promise from Jesus in a passage of scripture. John 14, 16 through 20. And then we're going to look at John 14, 26 and 27. So we're going to start in verse 16 of chapter 14 of John. In verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So just stop right there. He's asking the Father who is who? God. Who's doing the talking? Jesus going to give you another helper, the Holy Spirit. So right there, if we just stop right there, we see three different, dial, three different groups of individuals all working together with different functions. So I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another helper. All right, that he may be with you forever. How long? Forever, right? This isn't just like here, here today, gone tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, the Holy Ghost is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. It's verse 17. Let me get through this passage, sorry. Um, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him because you know him because he abides with you and will be where? In you. All right, verse 18. I will, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and, uh, nor let it be fearful. So the Holy Spirit's primary job description in the life of the believer is what? To help. It's his whole function. That's just for, to help us out. How many of you in life have found, have found your life coming to a point where you needed help? Every single one of us, we get to a place of where we need help. This is where the Holy Spirit specializes. He has been sent to help us. What has he helped us do? He helps us remember those things that, that Jesus spoke. He, he's going to be our comfort. And, and, and so as we go through this series, we're going to talk about the names of the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our advocate, our helper, our teacher. We, we'll look at all of these things because when we understand the titles of the Holy Spirit, we also understand the function of the Holy Spirit. So it's not so much to just know about the Holy Spirit, but the whole goal of this series is to be a follower of the Holy Spirit, to follow the Holy Spirit. All right. So today we're going to look at that. So the Holy, the, the helper, he doesn't come and go, but he's with us forever. So this passage also promises to not leave us as orphans. Now, for us, that's kind of easy because we're like, well, we didn't, we didn't spend time with Jesus. So, but can you imagine the disciples just for a moment? Jesus is talking to the disciples that, hey, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send somebody to you. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'll tell you what, I would feel orphaned. Like you're going where and you're leaving where and you're going to send somebody? Like, because in my mind initially, I feel like being carnally minded 
And I feel like the disciples probably struggled with this. How can something be better than Jesus himself? That's what I would be thinking. I was like, you're going to go and like, so you're saying there's somebody better. Like there's going to be somebody that's going to come and is going to take your place, is going to be with us, that's going to cheer us up, that's going to pat us on the back or kick us in the backside when we need to move. And like, I, I just think of all of these things that probably went through the disciples' mind. But when he says, I'm not going to leave you orphaned, you know what that means? Unfathered, unguided, undisciplined. Because I think of all of the characteristics of a good godly father, you need all of those things. You need encouragement, you need discipline, you need structure, you need guidance, you need all of these things. But he said, I was gonna, I'm going to send somebody in my place and he was going to remain, remain present with you until my return. Um, the Holy Spirit, we have to understand, is a person with feelings and emotions. So let's pause for a minute because I think sometimes our mentality of the Holy Spirit, it's all over the place. We could talk about God all day long. We could talk about Jesus all day long. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes we get twisted. When we think of spirit, we're thinking about like this Casper the Friendly Ghost type mythology of like, who is this Holy Spirit? I'm okay with God. I'm okay with Jesus. This whole Holy Spirit thing, I don't know about that. Well, let me tell you what. You cannot be a follower of God and not have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us unto sin, leads us on a place of righteousness, reminds us that the devil has actually been condemned in this lifetime. And when we, when we talk about the, the, the drawing of our hearts to God, do you know that's the Holy Spirit's work in our life? It says nobody can come to the Father unless the, the Father draws that person close to them. That drawing work is the drawing of the Holy Spirit. So even the beginning phases of our religion and our, and our faith walk starts with the Holy Spirit at work. And then when we choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit um, actually comes and lives inside of us. So we see Jesus leaving, high-fiving the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit, they kind of trade places, and the Holy Spirit comes and he stays with us here on the earth. But the Holy Spirit is a person. we got to understand that, that he can be grieved, that he has feelings and emotions so the Holy Spirit could not have taken the place of Jesus and relate personally to the disciples unless he was truly a living person. Can't understand, you know, like, why would we want like this? You know, I know AI is crazy right now. This artificial intelligence, it's getting wild. I mean, just, you know, all of the, I was watching some business promotions, like, you need your stuff automated and we'll figure out what's best for you. It's like, that's getting jazzy, right? But we don't want something that's artificial or fake, like, oh, I sympathize with you without really feeling or emotion. This isn't what the Holy Spirit was. The Holy Spirit is a person. He can feel and, he, and he's, he can be grieved. So let's look at that just a little bit more because we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person and the, the person of the Holy Spirit, we can have relationship with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has a mind, a will, and emotions. And I'm going I'm to help you see that just a little bit clearer because we have to understand that there is this personal relationship that we can have with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 27 this passage, and I would encourage you to look at all three of these, take a picture of it, go back and read these in their context. But it talks about the mind of the what? Spirit. So if the mind of the spirit, the spirit has a what? Mind. And then when he talks about giving all of the spiritual gifts, what does it say? The Holy Spirit distributed each gift as what? He determined. So he chooses his will. He can decide, hey, I'm going to give this one to this one. I'm going to give this one to this one. That is what will is. It's the ability to choose what you do. 
who you give a gift to, who you don't give a gift to, who gets two gifts, who gets one gift, right? You know, so he determines that. And then we talk about the love of the spirit and it says, you know, be careful not to grieve the spirit. These things only happen when you have a person nature, when you, ha- when, you, when you are a person, right? So a mind, a will, and an emotion. So during this season, we're go- during this, this series, we're, we're going to look at different things that we can do better to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many of you could all grow in that, being led by the Spirit of God, being sensitive to the Spirit of God, not just, whoa, we blow by, and we're like, Lord, where are you? And you're like, man, I was back there. You just flew right by me. So we have to understand the whole goal is to be led by the Spirit of God, not you lead the Spirit of God. I see that a lot of times where maybe the Spirit of God, and we had an opportunity to do that even this morning. Like we could have just went on with our plan. We had an outline for the service. It happened totally. The outline of what we did second service totally different than what we did first service. But we didn't just blow by it. We could have said, oh, let's get to communion. That's where the good stuff's going to happen. We blow through and we're over here. We're waiting to do communion. We're like, man, where's, where's the Holy Spirit in all of this? He's like, man, I was over here trying to do this. And you got focused on your agenda. But we want to be led by the Spirit, not leading the Spirit. And then saying, hey, come over here. I want to show you something. Guess what? He wants to show us something. He wants us paying attention to what he wants to do. And if we do it his way, I promise it will be better than your way. Most of the time we've seen what happens when we do it our way. How many of you ever got in trouble with that? I got this till you ain't got this, right? But the Holy Spirit, he's a what? Helper. He's going to help us with everything. I think some of us have to broaden our mind to what it is that the Holy Spirit wants to help us with, what God cares about. Do you understand God cares about everything in your life? Have you ever prayed about certain things that you feel like concern God, but then we miss a whole bunch of other things that really, guess what, God wants to be concerned with also? think about our health. I think about money. I think about all kinds of stuff. Like we don't, you know, like, oh, well the money thing, we're going to look at the business gurus or we're going to look at the stock market stuff or like, um, health. We're going to look at the health physicians and all, but we're not asking God about all of these things. Guess what? The Holy spirit can give us guidance in all of these things, but we need to get in a habit of asking and questioning what it is that he wants us to see. Um, prior to living our lives for Jesus, I tell you what, we did what we want, when we want, how we want. Amen? We didn't concern everybody, anybody. Or in. When we give our life to Jesus, that is one thing that has to change. Our relationship with Jesus now is focused around what can we do to serve God? Right? It's paying attention to what he's doing, paying attention to his leading. What did Jesus say to every single one of the disciples as he called them? What did he ask them to do? Follow what? Me. What do you think the Holy Spirit, if that's what Jesus asked them to do, what do you think the Holy Spirit is asking you to do today? Follow me. I think it grieves the heart of God when we just hurt, you know, um, I think as a loving father, which I'm sure this is like narrow-minded, but like, you know, when you tell your kids to do something and you're trying to protect them and they don't do what you say and then they get hurt. You ever had that happen? What's the first initial response of parent? Well, I told you, don't do that. You were going to get hurt and you get hurt. Now, I believe at the same time, there's, it's twofold. First and foremost, he wants us to learn the lesson. But does, his break, does it break his heart when we walk away skin, knees, and bleeding out? 
Absolutely. Just like a mother, you know, a mother and father would love and have compassion on his children. But he's there to help us every step of the way. But his goal is that we follow him. The disciples were called to follow him. So we're called to follow him. Follow the Holy Spirit. Don't lead the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14 and 16 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about an adoption to sonship. And by him we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Man, this is an awesome scripture because it, what is it saying? Those who are led by the spirit of God are what? Sons and daughters, right? Those who are not led by the spirit of God are not Sons and daughters, it is, but it, it also, that spirit inside of us, it, it, it confirms that we, are his fa- that we are his children and he is our father. It says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You know, it, it's, it's always trusting, always knowing that regardless of what we do, you know, our kids, I'm sure they, they, they get frustrated with us being so hard on them, but... I think they never question if there are our kids. We can be hard. We can be kind. They're never like, hmm, I don't know if you're my dad. I don't know if you're my, that spirit of sonship, that understanding. We have to understand that when the spirit of God is in us and we are followers of God, we are being led by the spirit of God, we can rest assured that we're sons and daughters. Okay, so the definition of being led, which implies leading from someone, is to guide, especially by going in advance, to direct the course or in a direction, to serve as a channel for or direct the activity of. In in a simple form, uh, to be spirit-led, being led by the Spirit means to allow Him to be ahead of you. Being led by the Spirit of God marks us, reminds us, solidifies the fact that we are sons and daughters of God. I want to reiterate that, um, that we are sons and daughters of God if we are led by the Spirit of God. So this morning, we're going to look at four ways to make sure you follow and don't lead. Because not following will get you in a whole lot of trouble. So number one, here's what we want to do. We want to have conversations. What does that mean? That means talking to the spirit of God, spending time in the presence of God on a regular basis. So talking equals praying. Do you realize that? You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk. Some of you more than others wear somebody out, right? You say, I'll talk for both of us, right? Um, But Prayer is really talking to God. It's spending time in his presence. It's spending time with him. So we spend, when we spend time with God, when we make that a focus of our, of our day, that time invested with God is a time that is never time wasted. I can tell you that. It's always going to be beneficial. A lot of us say, well, I don't have time to pray. Well, I'll tell you what, you don't have time not to pray. Because if we don't prioritize those things, if we're not having those conversations, um, we don't even know where we're, sometimes where we're going, what we're doing. So talking works best when it is a two-way street, okay? I'm fully convinced that when we speak to God during a prayer time or during our worship time, that the Spirit is speaking to us through our spirit on God's behalf, 
God is speaking to us through the power of his Holy Spirit, speaking to us, showing us things, revealing things uh, to us. So think of all the wonderful things that God wants to tell you. So maybe we're not having that conversation. Maybe we're not asking questions. Maybe we're not engaged in that. But there's so many things that God wants to speak to us through the Holy Spirit. But he is just waiting for you to start the convo, to start that conversation. What, what is one thing that kids have a lot of? Energy. But they have a lot of questions. They got energy. Well, it's probably the same time when they're energy and asking the questions. All of that combined, how many of you know will wear a parent out? Mine have kind of chilled out. They still ask me questions, but they don't ask me all kinds of questions. Um, hey, what are we going to eat today? Well, we're going to eat toast. Well, how do you make toast? Well, what's the toaster for? Where's the bread? Where's the butter? How do I spread the butter? Where's the butter knife? What is a butter knife? Ugh. Crust, no crust. Like, I mean, I've got all these problems, right? I get 50 million questions. But children are always asking questions. Now, children will often ask people that they trust or they can confide in with critical questions. Right? You know, they're going to ask a parent, they're going to ask a teacher, they're going to ask somebody that has credibility. So we got to understand when we are asking God questions by spending time with his Holy Spirit, spending time in his presence, do you not think he has the answers to a lot of life's questions? Do you think that he has special insight that he wants to show us or communicate to us? But you know what, one thing, I know as a parent, sometimes I'll get frustrated or I'll get bogged down, but understand this, the Holy Spirit never tires or gets frustrated with our questions. He'll answer as many questions as you want to ask, but the key is like, don't just ask the next question, wait for what? The answer. Okay? That's what he desires to do. He's wanting you to ask questions. He's waiting for you so I just want to encourage you, start up the conversation. Hebrews 4, 6, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help, help us in our time of need. The Holy Spirit wants to help. So start by talking to him and see if that does not initiate a response on his part. So number one, have conversations. Number two, have clarity. What do I mean by have clarity? Listen to what he says. Uh, we got this joke that's been coming around. I don't know if you've ever seen the video. Listen, Linda. You ever seen it, little kid? And we get this hand, we're like, listen. It's funny, Mike. When, when the whole family's not listening, we'll throw the Linda hand around. I was like, listen, 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 listen. Like nobody's listening. Uh, but we want to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. We've started the conversation. Now wait for the response of what he's saying. Listen, pay attention to what he says. So the Holy Spirit is the inner voice that helps us grow in our walk with God. It's that inner voice. It's that quiet voice. It's that still voice. Now I want to tell you that I have never had the Holy Spirit speak for no reason. Oh, he's just talking just to talk. Hey, I'm tired of this Holy Spirit. Not, never in my life. Has there been a word spoken by the Spirit of God that has no significance? So what that means is every word that he speaks is of significant value. Every single word spoken. So here's what I do. When God speaks to me, you know what I do? I write it down. I don't want to miss it. I may not understand it. I may, I may not even know what it means, but write it down. Because what he says matters. I just got to figure out what it means. John 10, 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and what? They follow me. Sons and daughters recognize his voice. 
you know, when I call my kids on the phone, I never say, I mean, I guess I could, like maybe if they didn't understand, but I never say, hey, this is your dad. Uh, and then I say something, I just start talking. And usually pretty quick, hey, dad, you know, like they know, they know who it is because they recognize my voice. Now, if just somebody cold called and was like, hey, and just started talking, they'd be like, uh, who is this? Every now and then I'll get, I'll, like if I don't have a caller ID and somebody talks, they know who they called. I don't know who called. But you know the difference when you just recognize that voice. Do you know that scripture says that my sheep know my voice, they listen to my voice, and they follow me? So you know what this helps you do also? When you know the voice of God, you can follow his voice. Well, when you know the voice of God, guess what? You know what not the voice of God sounds like. Now, some of you are just kind of like plugging your ears and going la, 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 and listening to a different voice that is going to continually lead you astray. Well, dad, I thought it was you. No, ain't none of that. You know my voice. You know what it sounds like. You never question it. How many of you this morning, just really quick, feel like you have a really hard time hearing the voice of God? Put your hand up a little bit higher. That's you. You just feel okay. So, so one, one of two things. First, you're not one of his sheep, which I hope that's not the case, but we can fix that problem too. Where we start a relationship with God, but when we are his, we hear his voice. Secondly, we, we, it, that passage says that we hear his voice and we follow him. So I, I want to I just pray over you real quick before I move on. If you, if you raise your hand, just raise your hand one more time. And I'm just going to ask that your spiritual ears would be open. Hold your hand up for me just for a minute. Lord, I pray for all of those in the room that don't have the clarity that they need to hear from you. I pray that today that the spiritual ears would be open, that the voice of the enemy would be silenced, that they would know, know your voice, they would know what you're saying, what you're doing, and Father, they would walk in obedience to what you're saying in Jesus' name. I think it can be that easy to where you walk out of here, you get woken up in the middle of the night, you're like, man, Holy Spirit was speaking to me, this is craziness. It can be that easy. It can be that simple. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So be careful. Don't say, well, I can't hear the voice of God or I don't know where he's leading. He says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Now, how many of you know following requires two things? Hearing, they know my voice. How many of you know following requires you to see where he's going? So you need to pay attention, you know, eyes up. I remember when I was little to teach my kids not to like lollygag and not pay attention to where I was going in the store. I'd wait for them to look away and I'd take a right. Only happened about once or twice to get that panic fear of God moment in their life because they just figured out, oh my gosh, I'm lost and I don't know where my dad is. And then usually I just walk in the aisle and I just sit there and wait. Hey, come back. Hey, keep your eyes on me. And then it's fixed. They start paying attention. We need to keep our eyes on what the Spirit of God is doing, where he's leading, but we also need to have ears to hear. So we can hear him, and we can see him, and we can follow him. All right? Um, so pay attention, follow his directions when he's speaking to you. Um, let me give you one more uh, word of advice. Don't look or just wait for a big audible vo voice that knocks you flat on the floor. More than likely, that Saul, Saul Paul conversion that rarely happens. But look at this passage from 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12. It says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And I'm here to tell you today that the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Spirit is still heard through that gentle whisper. You may have a a monumental moment where you get square knocked off a donkey. If you do, tell me about it. I've never experienced that. The audible, verbal voice that just rumbles the world. I've never experienced that. But this still small voice, the spirit speaking within, the real quiet voice. So as we grow in our relationship with God, um, I, I really hope that we are learning to do things God's way, not our own way. Pay attention to what he's saying. Pay attention to where he's going. Um, Understand this. Jesus, when he walked the earth, he said, I do nothing that I don't see my father doing. Well, guess what? Holy Spirit does not say anything or speak anything that God is not also speaking. So when he speaks, pay attention to it. So the words of the Holy Spirit are literally the words of God. Man, that is powerful. That makes, that makes you want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. All right, so number one, have conversations. Number two, have clarity. Number three, have convictions, okay? Now, what this means when I talk about convictions, follow the peace, okay? How many of you have ever made a decision you didn't have peace and then you contemplate it and you're like, oh no, what did I do, right? There was a lack of peace. There was a lack of assurance. So what I'm talking about here is follow the peace of God, um, you can often navigate the right path by following the peace of the Lord. John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And then Philippians 4, 7, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Okay. Um, so understand this, a personal conviction is just that it's a conviction from the spirit in regards of what to do and what not to do. Now, I want to challenge you one thing that, that, that this is a, I think this is a powerful tool that the Holy Spirit uses, the power of conviction. Now, be sure to not make a personal conviction, a law or a rule for somebody else. Let me pause there just for a moment. Now, when I'm talking about a conviction, this is not a black and white doctrinal biblical thing. Like if we're talking about adultery or murder, stealing, lying, like, I mean, you can't say, well, I got this conviction. No, that's rule. <laughs> like that's a rule. Now, what it would be when we talk about a conviction um, would be maybe beyond the rule, something uh, beyond, I would say, above reproach, a higher standard, or something customized for you that the Spirit of God knows you need to abide by. Now, I hear a lot of people that take that personal conviction, oh, well, the Holy Spirit told me this, and it becomes law. It becomes rule, and you're trying to convince everybody on your personal conviction that that needs to be your conviction also. Now, that is a dangerous place because I I don't think that that is a good route. I don't think that's a biblical route. But I do believe that God gives you a personal conviction for personal reasons. Most of the time, those those, uh, convictions are wrapped around what you need to do to ensure a healthier, safer um, process to life. I remember a long time ago, uh, one of the personal convictions that God really just put on my heart. I don't know if this is still a personal conviction, if I should be abiding by this personal conviction or if it was a seasonal personal conviction. Um, But you're never going to find in the Bible, hey, thou shall not watch rated R movies. 
Good luck with that. But I'll tell you what, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you personally about watching rated R movies, then guess what that conviction should lead you to do? Not to watch rated. Now, I can't tell you, oh, man, you, you shouldn't be watching that rated R movies. Let me tell you why. Like, off of a personal conviction, I mean, you're not gonna fi- you will not find it in the Bible that says, thou shall not watch rated R movies. Now, I remember when the, the Holy Spirit led me to that, I was like, man, Lord. Gladiator is an awesome movie. It's rated R. The Patriot. Rated R. So I was sitting here like justifying, compromising, arguing with God. But uh, I tell you what, every personal conviction that God leads you to is probably healthy for you. But be careful because I can't say, okay, hey, listen, no, you cannot watch rated R movies anymore. Support that biblically. You'll never find it, right? Um. So it's above reproach, it's an over, um, let me give you one more example, maybe just to where I can show you um, the above standard model. You know, um, this one's always controversial, but drinking, right? What does the Bible say? It says, drink, don't be drunk. Doesn't mean I can't do it. Um, and then there is another passage that said, it is, not, it is not for kings to drink because lest they drink and make decisions that are going to compromise your decision, right? So I'll tell you what, what I do, zero tolerance. If I ever drink, you'll never see me drink. It's not going to do it. And then how hard would it be? Like, let's say I did drink and I'm trying to preach to you about drinking, right? Now, how many of you have ever drank and made bad decisions? Don't, don't answer that question. Man, that dude raised his hand. I was, he's like, but uh, I, I <laughs> he was quick. I was, I'll be transparent, Pastor. Like, right? but, uh, but a lot of things, I think we just, the, the, the Spirit convicts us, says, don't play with that. Don't worry about that. Stay, stay far away from that. Or let's say that there is a uh, generational something happening that you know nothing about. The Spirit of God knows all of these things. It says, stay away from that. Well, I don't know why. And I don't know why as stupid kids, sometimes we want to go poke the bear. Oh, man. You sure, Lord? It ain't gonna. And that bear bites us, and we're like, man, look what happened, Lord. He's like, I told you to stay away from it. So I just want to challenge you with, the, with that, that personal conviction, but allow that personal conviction to kind of just lead you and guide you, giving you guidance. Um, you know, um, Personal convictions, when obeyed, they bring peace. Guess what? Personal convictions, when they're disobeyed, guess what they bring? What's the opposite of peace? I was going to say not peace. <laughs> Got any fancy word? Discord? No, not discord. Just a ooky, ooky. You just turn them all. Yeah, you feel, you, feel, you feel like something's in the way between you and God when you violate that personal conviction. Because you knew it was wrong and you did it anyway. How many of you know a personal conviction can feel really close to sin? That's how you know you really got a good personal conviction. But just remember, don't push all of your personal convictions on others. You got me? There's a reason it's called personal conviction. Okay? Help you with that one? Okay? So that that conviction, being close. So um, let the Holy Spirit help you with that. So part of letting the Holy Spirit lead you means following him. 
He does not follow you. Following means you pay attention to what he's saying, what he's doing. Don't get distracted with all of the things around you, but keep your eyes on him and follow the spirit's convictions. I really believe that. And y'all might be getting busted. Oh man, like I knew God was talking to me about the dang rated R movie stuff. And he might level you to the wall today. I don't know. I don't know. Be open to the spirit's convictions. He's not going to shortchange you. He's not here to rob from you to make your life horrible. He is to be a what? Help. He's trying to help you out of the situation, okay? So keep your eyes on him. So follow, uh, have convictions, follow your peace. And, and lastly, uh, ha- have closeness. So what that means is how we get close to God is by the practice of fasting. I know we just came out of a fasting week, but fasting helps align our hearts with God's heart. It works in us a dependence and a need for continual guidance. That's really what it does by practice. Now, I'll tell you what, when I don't, me personally, when I don't know what to do, I pray. But when it is a critical decision, I fast. Completely different, man. If it's a big deal or making big decisions or making big plans, uh, I'm really fasting over those things. I'm praying over these things. But you know what happens when, I, when we position ourselves in close proximity to God, we're paying attention, we're dealing with those convictions, we're listening to his voice, we're asking questions. When we get close to him and we hear what he says, man, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, really... I'm actually praying about next year already for the church and the direction we're going and some of the things in the heart of God. You know, God has been faithful every single year to give us the guidance and the direction we need. I'm so excited about the things that are in the heart of God for this next year. Now, I know someone's like, man, it's barely October. I'm trying to survive this year, much yes, looking at January. But God is always faithful. I'll just, I'll just tell, I'm not streaming this service, so... You know, I get super nervous every year about not knowing where to go and what to do in leading this church. It scares the living daylights out of me to be vulnerable. But every single year that I ask God, where do we go? What do we do? What is the focus? What is in your heart for this next year? He just begins to download it. He shows me and he reveals it to me. And I'm like, I don't know all the details, but here's what it looks like. And then I put it before the church. We see what it looks like. We know what it is. We know what it isn't. And then I believe the church has a chance to come alongside and we get to build what is in the heart of God. And I tell you what, if it came from the heart of God and we do what is in the heart of God, you know what God does? He places his hand of blessing on it and it will succeed. Man, what you doing to grow the church? Man, I'm just following God. I'm getting close. I'm listening. I'm asking questions. I'm allowing any personal convictions that I have to be set And that's how we're led by the Spirit. Man, I don't want to go try something over here and then ask the Spirit of God to come bless it. We want to know what the Spirit of God is doing because he will bless that. See how this is kind of working? I'm I'm trying to give you a personal, but it's going to work like that just for your own life. All right? Fasting grows our spirit, but it starves our flesh. Um, it's It's an intentional decision to refrain from food and focus on the things of God. Um, When we talk about fasting or we talk about dealing with the person, we have to understand that we are built up of three different things, a spirit, a soul, and a body. The best way to understand this is I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. So I'm a spirit. So when we talk about I'm dying and I'm going to go to heaven or hell, that's the spirit part of us that goes to wherever it is. That is the part that can be saved. Uh, When he says, I take your heart of stone and I give you a heart of flesh, our spirit is renewed with the nature of God. It loves, it thinks 
thinks it, it's, it's aligned with God's perfect spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. And then we have the soul part. The soul part is really, really fickle. That is the mind, the will, and emotions. You know, we talked about that in regards to the Holy Spirit. But in our own life, our mind is running five different directions. Our will, we, I want to do this and I want to do this. And our emotions... Um, and then we live in a body. Now we know the body is not meant to live forever. Uh, I don't know where we're all at in the, in the, have we hit the peak and we're still, are we still going up to hit the peak or have we hit the peak and we're on the landslide down? I don't know. But the body is made to not last forever. But we have to understand that there is a battle that is inside of us. Galatians 5, 16, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if I walk by the Spirit, I won't do the things of the flesh. But guess what? If I do the things of the flesh, I won't gratify the things of the Spirit. The Spirit and the soul is in a tug-of-war match. Now, we know the flesh. What's the flesh going to do? It's always going to be lazy. It's not going to want to do anything. But what we have to get control of is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And force those things kind of into the obedience of Christ to make those things obedient. And that happens by fasting because we crucify the flesh. We say that mind you will submit, will you will submit, emotions you will check out. Because the Spirit says you have to. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Listen to this passage. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Listen to this list. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God cares about all of them. Here's our broader body. We take care of it. Says our bodies are the temple of the spirit. Take care of those things. But let each of those areas be kept blameless. So fasting, it's all about a closeness to God. You know, man, I, I've always asked the question, God, how close to you can we get in this lifetime? I know a lot of people talk about heaven. Well, when we get to heaven, man, we're going to be right there. But no, I, I mean, I know heaven's going to be good, but how much can I experience in this lifetime? You know, and start thinking about this message because man, this message is for me too, guys. This isn't just like, oh, I'm preaching to you. I've arrived. I haven't arrived. But I started thinking about, I said, how close do I want to be to God? I want to be so close in following the leading of the Holy Spirit. When, that, when he stops, bam, I run right into him because I was that close. You ever had kids do that? You're walking and you stop. Where do y'all back up? We can be that close to Father God. We're right on his heels, right there with him every single step. Can you stand up with me? So how do we make sure that we follow and don't lead? Number one, we have conversations. We talk to God. He's not going to grow weary of hearing you talk to him. I think for most of us, he's actually just waiting. It's a son, daughter, I've been here. Formed and fashioned all your days. I knew what you were going to have to survive. Before you knew you had to survive it but I'm here to meet all of your needs. Here to be the lifter of your head. <laughs> you ain't got anybody to talk to. I'm always here for you. And then we got to have that clarity. We got to know what he's saying in response. Man, I have had one word of the Lord spoken back to me that completely has changed circumstances and situations. And it wasn't even a paragraph. It's sometimes it's just like, son, I love you. Man, I'm so proud of you. I got your back and you got what it takes. You get a word like that from, Lord, from the Lord, all of a sudden it changes your whole outlook. 
So we have to know what he's saying. We have to get that clarity. We have to have those convictions. What is it that God is, by his spirit, is convicting you of? And be led by that, because that peace will follow. And then you have to have a closeness in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now I know this morning the Holy Spirit has already been doing all kinds of stuff in the room. Some of you are like, man, I didn't even know I could get that close to the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to invite some of our prayer teams up. I'm going to challenge you with the question of how close do you want to get today? What is it in your life maybe that needs to change? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's where it starts. You cannot have the Holy Spirit leading you if you're a son and daughter of lawlessness. But once you are welcomed into the family of God, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. So part of being a son and daughter is that we're led by the Spirit. I'm going to ask you throughout this whole series just to be open to whatever it is the Spirit of God wants to do in your life. Change your perspective. The spiritual Holy Spirit things don't need to be the scary things or the uncertain things. Man, they are the most exciting part of all of the things that I read in the Bible opening myself up to just what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in and through my life radically changed my whole perception of what Christianity looked like. So I just want to encourage you, I'm going to pray over you. Whatever you have need of today, the Spirit of God can help that. But to those who seek this morning, you will find. Amen. Lord, I thank you for each one here. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that follow you and don't try to lead. But Father, I pray that we would have our eyes on you, that we'd have our ears open to you and that we'd be aware of what you're doing in and through us and all around us. Holy Spirit, do what you want in this room. Do what you want in our lives. Father, if there's a personal conviction that you've led us to that we haven't been obedient to, Father, I pray that you'd give us the bold, courageous spirit to begin to align our lives to that personal conviction. And Father, I pray that there would just be a crazy closeness to you this week and even now, even in this moment, closer than we ever thought we could be and that our lives would be forever changed by you. Father, I pray for each one here to be bold and courageous to find what it is that maybe you've been looking for. Father, as we go from this place, we ask for your spirit to go with us. Father, I thank you for the gift that we found in you and the gift of Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we release you to have your way in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.